Welcome into the Big Red Zone podcast. Boy, have I been raring to say those words for about a year and a half. My name is Max. My name is Brad. My name's Roy. And we got the boys back together right in time for the start of the 2023 NFL playoffs. We kind of missed the entirety of the regular season, but it's fine. We're picking up right where it matters. Everybody knows football only matters in January, so. Yeah, we figured we'd just cut right to the chase this year. Um, but yeah, let's get let's get into it, boys. Wild card weekend is upon us. Tomorrow we got a slate of two games, Sunday three games, and then we finish up one Monday. So what should we begin with? I mean, why not go in order? Well, I'm going to be real and kind of go out on the limb, kind of not go out on the limb that three of the games, like, don't matter. I think we, we can kind of admit that the um, Dolphins-Bills, Skylar Thompson-led Dolphins, uh, the Ravens-Bengals, Tyler Huntley-led Bengals. Don't say that. Okay, unless someone has some hot takes. And the Niners against the Geno Smith Seahawks, which I love Geno Smith, but still. Those kind of seem like, on paper, very much blowouts. And I'm going on on the limb and saying that. If either of you have anything to say about that, let's hear it. Ravens-Bengals won't be a blowout. Bengals definitely winning it. Uh, actually, I think they're the uh, best team in the AFC, personally. With a huge gap. With a huge gap, two. yeah. No, if, if you're interested, uh, ask me about gap theory. Um, but uh, if you look at the uh, Bengals and Ravens' last couple matchups, uh, the teams play each other well. Uh, and, like, you know, we obviously know Lamar Jackson isn't playing, but uh, Lamar Jackson doesn't need to be on the field for the defense to be um, as good as it's been. And, uh, you know, everybody was saying at the beginning of the season that the Ravens' defense uh, wasn't great. Then they got Roquan Smith, and since they got Roquan Smith, they are, like, top uh, three in, like, a lot of statistics on defense, including, like, uh, points given up per game, um, yards per game, et cetera. So I, again, Bengals are definitely winning this. Do not get me wrong, but I'm thinking it's going to be more of a low-scoring sludge, uh, something akin to, like, uh, 20 to 17, uh, maybe, like, 23-20. Um, maybe not that close. I mean, those two were separated by field goals, but, uh, you know, I don't, I, I just think it's going to be a little bit closer than everyone thinks. Yeah. I think the Ravens are a pretty interesting team heading in. I think that they've definitely been one of the teams that cools down right before the playoffs, which isn't what you want to see. But earlier today, I saw some comments made by recent, uh, Ravens acquisition, Sammy Watkins regarding the whole Lamar Jackson situation. And I wanted to get your guys thoughts on it. Um, Wait, to paraphrase, Sammy Watkins is on the Ravens now. Sammy Watkins is on the Ravens, which kind of speaks to the depth they have uh, at their offensive skill positions. Um, but pretty much today, earlier, I, I believe it was today, um, he said something along the lines of paraphrasing that Lamar should quote decide to play, and that you know insinuating that Lamar holding out is essentially a contract holdout, and that if Lamar were to play, they blow the bangles and make a run but he he also kind of insinuated that he doesn't have much confidence in the depth behind Lamar so that's kind of strong words that you don't typically hear from a teammate of a guy in that situation especially since Lamar himself released the other day like specifying his injury and that uh clarifying that he's not playing because of his injury 
let alone a guy who was, you know, added onto the team just a couple weeks ago. So what do you guys think about the whole Lamar situation? Do you guys foresee him coming back to play in the off chance that the uh, Ravens do win? And uh, what's your overall take on that? Well, before we go into sort of like in-depth takes about that, if we just quickly go around, I want to hear everybody if they think that he's injured or holding out. Um, I'll start. I think he's holding out. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know. I'm sure he's, you know, at least partially injured. But when that injury first came out, they kind of gave him a two-week timetable. And like even – Right when the injury happened, he was almost getting ready to go for the next week or two weeks after. And Lamar is kind of a gritty player. Like throughout his career, he's kind of played through injuries. Like he's very injury prone in that that's just his style of play. Like he's a running QB. He'll kind of take tackles harder maybe than some other like pocket quarterbacks. But he's always kind of had a tendency to play through it and grit it out. I think it is very telling that he's not even trying to give it a go with that initial timetable. So obviously I think the injury is there, but I think there is serious contract negotiations here. That's kind of my take. Right. Right. I think, yeah, I think it's definitely a combination of both because I feel like at this point, if he goes and just has a massive re-injury, it could really harm his chances at a new contract or I guess a better contract. But yeah, I, I'm, if, if I, if Lamar were to have a long-term deal that has injury guarantees, it's hard for me to see him, at least like you said, Max, not giving it a go. And I feel like he would try to grit through it in general. I mean, I feel like in the playoffs, there's a long history of instances like Pat Mahomes or Phillip Rivers, albeit they're slightly less mobile and rely less on their, you know, knees than does Lamar. But I feel like it's the playoffs and you just have to, you know, grit it out. So I definitely do think that contract is a part of it. And I guess it's just unfortunate for NFL fans that the injury had to happen when it did. And that we're probably not going to see Lamar in the playoffs. Yeah. And, and just to, you know, further clarify, uh, I definitely think uh, an injury is playing a role. Like, I don't think he's perfectly healthy and just completely choosing to sit out. That being said, um, I think his injury, and again, I'm not a doctor. I haven't been following it, like, you know, super, super closely. So apologies in advance for any, uh, you know, naiveness on my part. Bro, you're a host. You got to come prepared. <laughs> I'm prepared. Relax. You, you didn't even know that Sammy Watkins was on the radio. <laughs> um, uh, I think that he is probably not 100%, but he would be out there playing um, if there was a contract there. So I think that that's why I couldn't, that's why I sort of summed it up by holding out. Uh, but, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, both of you said it best. I think if he's out there, I think Ravens can actually win this game. Without him there, I don't give them like the win, but I still think that that game is not is not going to be like a blowout. I I think it'll be a gritty matchup. I mean, divisional rivals they just played last week. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um, I think it's it's safe to say we're all kind of picking the Bengals to win. Obviously, the Ravens D kind of gives them a shot. I think this one's for sure closer than the other backup QB playing a good team. Um, on the AFC in Dolphins Bills, I think it's fair to say none of us give any shot to the Dolphins, and it's kind of sad, honestly. Like Roey said, it it would be great to see Dolphins Bills with Dolphins at full strength. They had a great game um a couple of weeks ago. It'd be great to see Ravens Bengals with Ravens at full strength, um, because obviously two of the best young quarterbacks in the league, two pretty good defenses. Um, so it would just 
and divisional matchup. So it'd be a good, good matchup. But sadly, we're getting robbed of that. Um, and I just think that's a bummer. I think that's kind of one of the main storylines of this weekend. The matchups aren't like across the board as exciting as they potentially could have been, even with some other teams potentially could have been sneaking into the playoffs, like the Lions. So even even though we think that, I think we're all on the same page that Ravens Bengals will be somewhat of a close game, just because it's you know, with a within the division, but b the Ravens do have a great defense that's definitely going to put up a fight. Out of the other two games that I guess we've kind of deemed as more of the highest potential for like a blowout type situation, with those being the um, the Seahawks Niners and the Dolphins Bills. Which one of those games, even though I'm sure we both have heavy favorites in those games, all of us, uh, which in the which of those games do you think has higher upset potential? Or at least, at the very least, which of those games do you think the underdog team is going to at least put up a fight to make it interesting for viewers? I mean, I think I'm kind of obligated to say Seattle because they have their starting quarterback. Like, at the end of the day, Geno Smith did make the Pro Bowl this year. And Seattle at the start of the season um, did have a really good run and then just kind of fell off, almost similar to the Ravens. And at the end of the day, I think Seattle also has Brock Purdy's inexperience playing a role for them. Like, dude's been rock solid. He's, I mean, they rattled off 10 straight wins with him at QB for most of them. But obviously, NFL playoffs are a different animal. So I think just by that logic, it's Seattle. But I don't see Seattle playing them close just because... um, in their last couple of matchups, they really haven't been close. I'm I'm going to agree with uh, Max here, but for a slightly different reason. Um, I think that, like, you know, to be honest with you, Geno Smith is a forgettable quarterback. Um, he bro, is... That, a, he don't, is don't write him off, bro. He won't write <laughs> I know. He is a lot better, a lot better than I expect him to be. Like, I, I thought he was going to, like, lose his starting job. Uh, for sure by the end of the season. Uh, regardless, the reason why I think this one, although I still would have this, the Niners as heavy favorites, the reason why I think this one could be interesting is actually because of Pete Carroll. Um, you know, Pete Carroll made his pedigree as a defensive coach. And, like, you know, when the Seahawks were at their best, the Legion of Boom, like, their offense was great, but, like, their defense was amazing and so I you know don't want to rule out Pete Carroll taking some defensive uh like you know uh game plans out of his bag of tricks that fool a rookie quarterback like Brock Purdy I mean one who hasn't seen a lot of different defenses before um so I think that there is a potential that you know just from sheer experience standpoint Pete Carroll's experience could confuse Brock Purdy. But the reason why I still think Niners have a favorite, they're just too loaded. I think they overcome a bad quarterback like they have with (laughs) Jimmy G. Sorry. I think also sneaky point about Seattle is that they somehow managed to rack up one of the best draft class of all time. It seems like this year Um, headlined by Tariq Woolen on defense, who's the interception leader um, for the season as a fourth round rookie, I believe. So they flubbed a couple of draft classes in recent memory, and they kind of finally got it right, and it almost kind of clicked. If you flip their seasons, if they started out slow and essentially ramped up instead of the other way around, I think you could be looking at this at a sneaky upset, almost 
them and the Lions are kind of polar opposites and they ended with the same record and the Seahawks were the ones that snuck in. I think momentum's huge. And I don't think, unlike my fantasy team in my home league, I don't think the Niners are losing in the divisional round. I was going to say, I don't think it's your fantasy team in our league. Nah, definitely not. That was bad. Rowie, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, currently, I mean, I think I'd have to just slightly disagree. I just, because I have to, you know, quote Pete Carroll from earlier this week and saying that it's unfortunate that the Seahawks are playing the Niners just because the Niners defense is just playing like lights out. And if I were to kind of oversimplify this game in my mind and pick out two things that I would look at to kind of predict which game has less blowout upside. Um, and honestly, I feel like oversimplification is probably key here because I don't feel like any of us should be putting too much thought into these blowout games. But for me, it comes down to if I trust uh, the Niners to have a more stout performance against Geno or the Bills' defense to really have a stout performance against Skylar Thompson. Now, although I think both defenses are really good, I feel like at this point I just have a lot more faith in the just simple consistency of the Niners' defense. Whereas the Bills, to be honest, even though the Pats lost last week, which I'm sure is still a sore spot for you guys, the Bills' defense I feel like was kind of porous at times. And I feel like it was also porous at times throughout the season. So I feel like until the Bills' defense can put together a game where they're really shutting out an opponent as of late, I feel like I, I think there's a slight chance that, you know, Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill could have freak plays that at least keep the game interesting for like at least a finite period of time. So I guess uh, I guess I'm a pick. I'm a pick the, the Dolphins Bills as a potentially closer matchup. I think that's like honestly valid. I think the Bills are a lot more injury plagued than people realize on the defensive end just because they had a lot of long-term injuries kind of at the start of the season. The the main headline being uh Von Miller um and Micah Hyde and obviously the unfortunate DeMar Hamlin situation more recently, which thankfully uh it's, he seems to be doing all right. Praise uh, up for DeMar. Yeah, we're all super thankful for that. Um but I agree with you. I think that their offense can kind of shadow a lot of those concerns but I think when they not if when they get through this game I think that defense that porous defense will be seriously tested first of all uh really there is zero uh love lost uh for me about the Patriots not making the playoffs uh sorry sack of team would have just made wild card weekend more boring to watch uh and I'm with my Patriots all the way but uh critical changes were not going to happen without um without not making the playoffs. Anywho, we are not here to talk about the Patriots, though I could talk about them for an hour. Um, so, you know, I, I think we've, you know... What? I, b- before Brad attempts to segue us into another that game, is what I, was I, 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 I have one more quick hitter question for you guys. Next year, Brock Purdy is the 49ers starter. True or false? Uh, I think that's too early to say for me, man. I feel like that's really going to depend on the playoffs. I mean... If, if, like, could you say, like, which round does he exit? Does he win the Super Bowl? Because I feel like that, that's what's going to do it for me. If he exits in the championship round. So if he wins two playoff games. I'm taking false either way. And I'll happily explain why after, really. I think that if he makes it to the championship game, I assume puts up a, a respectable fight and uh, loses that game. I think that I don't know if he's their day one starter but I think that he's definitely on the roster with the intention of it's his job to lose heading into the offseason. That's what I think. I think that 
They're going to, they would let go of Jimmy G, find him another home. And it would be Trey Lance versus Brock Purdy heading into training camp. And it's Brock Purdy's job to lose. Now, that's my take. If they exit, we're in a non humiliating fashion in the championship round. In I, a non Packers fashion. Yeah, I see it a little bit differently. Um, a first round pick is a big deal for teams. I mean, like, they're very, like, you know, teams only typically have, like, one, obviously. Um, and there's a lot of research that goes into making that pick. And um, they picked Trey Lance pretty high in the first round, too. Um, and I think it's just really hard for a team to sort of, like, give up on their first round draft pick. Um, and so for that reason, I, I think it's Trey Lance's job to lose because like hypothetically speaking by draft position and I know draft position you know doesn't always necessarily correlate to talent see Tom Brady etc um but you know by draft Trey Lance should be better and we haven't gotten a chance to see Trey Lance I mean he played well in like the monsoon rain first game before he got injured um so I think it's Trey Lance's job to lose and you know I think if Brock Purdy outplays him in camp then you know Brock Purdy gets a job but I think that uh, it, it's Trey Lance's job to lose. Yeah, I'm kind of in Brad's boat here. I think the I, I was just interested in this, first of all, because obviously it's too early to say. But I think that Trey Lance is kind of the higher capital guy. And if he's ready to go for the season, I think they'll give him a shot. But I think he'll be on a super short leash. I think if Brock Purdy starts like from day one with the full confidence of the team and he plays in the system – plays as well as he has been like I think that one might be one of the greatest like low drafted careers ever like straight up if he keeps playing like this for the next 10 years with this team around him and the system around him he just needs to not screw up basically like that's way jumping ahead but bottom line I'm kind of with Brad here I think unless Brock Purdy makes a like a Super Bowl run I think They'll give it to Trey Lance well, from day one. Here's just a quick question for both of you. Is there something left to be desired from the quarterback play in the 49ers over the last games that Brock Purdy started? Like in the sense that like, you know, Brock Purdy hasn't turned the ball over. Like, you know, he's done his job, right? But like, do you both, uh, if you like in the games of theirs that you watch, like, do you still look at that position and say, there's something more to be desired as in like a better quarterback could do something more than Brock Purdy's doing. Well, I think the only knock on him is that we haven't seen him losing like that. That's the main thing about like these more dynamic guys, like your Mahomes and Allen, right? If you're down by two touchdowns in the fourth, they can bring you back because it's like one throw and you're to the house. Basically. He came back um, against the Raiders. I don't know. It not, was not, a close not, one. Not, yeah. Team, like, you know, down, but, um, it was it, like he came back from, I think it was 10 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm wrong, but. yeah, either way, like I think with the 49ers, it's also kind of one pass and you can come back, but that pass is going to be a two yard slant to Debo that he takes to the house. So I think the only knock is that he doesn't have that dynamic ability that could bring it them back. But also we haven't really had the chance to see it. Yeah, for sure. I think that like at this point, since Brock Purdy isn't Patrick Mahomes or, I guess, honestly, this season, Patrick Mahomes, really the guy who was the golden standard. I feel like there obviously is certainly room for improvement. I feel like that could just be said for most teams in the NFL if they have a better quarterback, for sure. 
But I think for a team in the Niners situation, they know what they have in Purdy more than they know what they have in Trey Lance. And they know that if this season was any indicator, even if he loses in the championship, um, that starting next season, they're going to get a rock steady guy like Jimmy G, who's, if I were betting on it, would win them the division and is going to give them another position to make a run once again. Whereas for Trey Lance, just has, you know, there's definitely room for improvement on the quarterback position. There's also a lot of room for failure where that two yard slant is thrown behind them, tipped up in the air and intercepted, right? So I feel like unless Trey Lance shows that he, he can truly have substantial, you know, you know, increase in production over Brock Purdy. And again, I feel like it should Brock Purdy shouldn't be heading into training camp, you know, taking off preseason games and, you know, just like chilling until week one. I feel like it should definitely be a battle and both QBs should be pushed to the limits in the preseason. But just because I feel like they know what they have in Purdy more. And it's become the 49ers way the past few seasons to just have a rock steady quarterback who throws you 200 yards, two tons a game and probably less than 120 attempts. Then just go with it. Just give yourself a position to win the division again next year. My hot take, Brock Purdy comes into the season getting Wednesdays off and a high profile. <laughs> anyway, Brad, go ahead and segue us into the next game as I so really <laughs> cut you off. Before. No, no, it is a... Brock Purdy convo always is an interesting uh, digression. Um, where I was going to go a couple minutes ago was, uh, you know, I think, you know, we've said about as much as you can possibly say about, uh, you know, those three games where uh, you have three teams that are heavily favored. Uh, you know, let's get into the first game that uh, is a little bit more close between what people think, and that is the Chargers versus the Jaguars. Rowie, go ahead and start us off. Oh, man. I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know where to begin. Um, well, I think I should begin a week ago, just under a week ago, six days ago, where the Chargers already knew they were going to be playing the Jaguars heading into their week 18 game against the Broncos. And it was a game where, you know, happened on my sister's birthday, January 16th. Happy 18th, Chiro. Happy birthday. And, uh, shout out. Shout out. Um if you get to the post on the Instagram. After the pod off air, I'm going to ask you what her name was, Max. It's a little quiz. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I got it, bro. I got it. Are, are we playing another classic game of who knows Rowie best? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, get the others on the call right now. Get them on the pod. We'll do it. Shout, shout out um, Mayan, bro. Shout out Mayan. <laughs> am I right? Am I right? It's actually Shira. That, that, that Yes, exactly. But there you go. There you go. Shout out uh, to both my just, sisters. Just for just for the record, that that was out. Uh, Brad, who knows Roy better, <laughs> wanted to throw that out there. God damn, bro! All right, keep going. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll throw some more Roy trivia throughout the pod to you know let let you catch up, Max. But yeah, clearly Brad's going ahead. Um, our anyway, better than Max and I. <laughs> so, I but the point of all of this was to say. That it was a game where I thought I'd be heading in. Sister's birthday, good vibes. Should I even watch the game? It's my sister's birthday. Because, you know, our bench players are obviously going to be playing the whole game. Well, we get to the game, and Brandon Staley keeps marching out the starters. And injuries happen. First, it's Ken Murray goes down with a stinger. Stinger! I had to Wikipedia that. Okay, that's fine. I didn't know what a stinger was. I guess, like, you know, it's Ken Murray. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Then Joey Bosa goes down and leaves the game. 
And I'm like, hmm, Joey, I well, didn't even you know, know Joey Bosa was up to start, bro. I thought he was still down. Oh, no, he, he played. Believe it or not, it was one of those rare instances where Joey Bosa took the field. I didn't complain to our trainers to try to avoid playing and, you know, milk that $27 million contract while he's chilling in Florida. But that's neither here nor there. Then in the second quarter, in the fifth offensive possession, the fifth offensive possession, Brandon Staley marches out Mike Williams and throws a screen pass to him where three defenders proceed to swarm Mike Williams, hit him in the back, and uh, the rest is history. Uh, Mike Williams is probably out for the playoffs unless the Chargers are in the Super Bowl. Um, And with that being said, our record with Mike Williams playing, I believe, is 8-2. and Without Mike Williams, it's a losing record. So I feel like – Hold on. I I don't don't mean intro. Sure. Time out in the monologue. Sure, sure. Just a quick question for you in this. Yes. Yeah, of course. If Brandon Staley – because, you know, obviously Brandon Staley is not the first coach to – trot out the starters um sort of gain momentum heading into the playoffs if Brandon Staley trotted out all those guys no one got injured the Chargers were firing on all cylinders pulled him out in like the second quarter or like third quarter would you have still I mean like to your to your best knowledge do you think you still would have been pissed if they played the moment I saw Justin Herbert take the field at the very start of the game I threw a fit and after, at the beginning of every single possession, I threw a fit to the point where my sister had to, like, come over and tell me, Rowie, quiet down. I was infuriated that the Chargers kept putting in starters on offense and defense, even if no one appeared on the injury report, by continuing to send out players against a team with nothing to lose and just running into guys because they want to save their contracts for next year. It's just accumulating hits on guys and it's just making our guys more banged up. And, you know, at this point in the season, you know what you got as a football team. Sure, if you want to play a guy like Joey Bosa, who's still integrating him back, play him in the first quarter, I understand. But a guy like Mike Williams, who's been there throughout the year and you know what you have in him, has no business playing in that game. So I was infuriated from the get-go. But what's done is done, and we're here to talk about this week's game, not last week's game. So I'll get to the point. I'll get to the question. Um, my thoughts, and they're still hopeful thoughts, I'm hopeful for a Chargers victory tomorrow. Even though we got blown out by the Jaguars earlier in the year, I'm hopeful that the Chargers defense plays like it did the previous four games where it was ranked the number one defense in the NFL by points allowed, yards allowed, and a bunch of other metrics previous to the Broncos game in that four-game stretch. And if our defense shows up like that, and our offense doesn't endure such a big drop-off, which I'm hopeful they can elev- you know, step up in the playoffs, I'm still hopeful for a Chargers victory. But that being said, if I was an outsider who had nothing to do with either of these teams, I would probably pick the Jaguars. Really quick question as, a, as our local Chargers insider. Uh, so it popped up on my radar that uh, Rashawn Slater uh, returned to practice, right? Is there any potential that he plays this week? This week, uh, he's definitely not going to play, according to Brandon Staley. Um, you know, because Brandon Staley seems to arbitrarily choose when it's important and when it isn't important for players to get rest. Uh, but that, but, that, but that's, that's a different conversation. Uh, the, the idea or the buzz, so to speak, because right now really a buzz it all, is all it is, is that even though his window to play has been activated, if the Chargers win this game, it looks like Slater will play against 
presumably the Chiefs in Arrowhead. But he won't be there this weekend. So, got to be honest, guys. I- I'm scared to make a pick on the Chargers here. Because uh, for all of our dedicated viewers, um, if you remember last season, um, it was about like uh, week 16, and we raised the question on the Chargers making the playoffs. Both of you were like, no. And I was like, they're obviously making the playoffs. Like, obviously making the playoffs. You can go back and listen. I used the word obviously, unfortunately. Uh, and the Chargers did not make the playoffs. Um, so even though my gut says the Chargers are winning this football game, I'm scared, guys, because last year I felt the same way. And then they sh- didn't do well at all. They stunk. That being said, in playoff games, sometimes it comes down to just quarterback v. quarterback. And I'm not saying that uh, Trevor Lawrence will never be a better quarterback than Justin Herbert. Again, I, I, I think it's very possible that um, he becomes a better quarterback. And I guess some could argue he already has been. I'm not in that camp. And right now, I, I just think Justin Herbert is far and away the better quarterback. So I got to go with the better quarterback and pick the Chargers. Yeah, I'm also super torn. I think this is probably the hardest game to call this weekend um I think there are two potential schools of thought you could kind of look at it with I think that one is kind of going through it like position by position they have the better quarterback the Chargers defense has been clicking but the Jacks pass rush is pretty good like their first overall pick is coming on recently the Chargers O-line has been a weakness going position by position and kind of mapping it out and two is kind of a gut feeling um, and I've been kind of, I guess my picks just kind of got on gut feelings more than anything else. And honestly, my gut is confused, but I kind of agree with what Roe touched on. And I think the absence of Mike Williams really hurts the Chargers. And I think with every Chargers game that I've watched this year, not only the record is different, but just the offense as a whole looks a lot different without Mike Williams there. And the viewers can't see, but Rowie's nodding his head, which I believe means he agrees with me. But that guy just opens up a whole new dimension that is kind of missing when he's gone. And I don't want to pick the Jags because I think that their success lately has been a little bit fluky. I agree that Trevor Lawrence has obviously kind of stepped up to the plate. But what I saw against the Titans last week fully did not intrigue me. Like, I... I just think that they're slightly overhyped at this point, but I think that the combination of the Chargers' porous O-line and them lacking their top downfield threat means that there's just a whole element of their offense missing, and because of that, it's really hard for me to pick against the Jags as much as I would love a Herbert Mahomes matchup in Arrowhead. I will say this. Of the teams that could potentially knock off the Chiefs in Arrowhead, This is a hot take. Chargers are one of the, uh, in my opinion, the most likely teams to do that. Now, now you might say, how can you possibly say that over, like, the Bills or, like, Cincinnati? Cincinnati of which was, you know, beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead as recently as last year. And, you know, I think think that Cincy um, probably could as well. But when the Chargers play the Chiefs, it's always a close game. I mean, like the, the the Chargers play the Chiefs really well. Um, and you know, if you look at some of their most recent games in the regular season, like some of them they just lost because they refused to kick field goals. 
and just, you know, try to go for it. And that cost them. So, I mean, I think that if they play smart football, um, you know, from a clock perspective, uh, Rose, uh, in like, uh, talking about what happened to, uh, one of the Chargers tight ends in, the, in that game, uh, still one of my favorite, uh, stories of this day. Uh, so, side note, um, if the, if the Chargers play smart football, I mean, I think that they match the Chiefs up really well. Just a little preview to next week if they win. Yeah, we'll see, guys. It's going to be interesting for sure. I'm happy that we at least are all treated to a hopefully somewhat more interesting uh, wild card game. So it looks like we've covered the Saturday slate. Uh, well, actually, covered the first... give, me, give me one more sec on that. I'm sorry sure. to keep cutting off yeah. your segue, you hate segues. I, I hate segues. <laughs> but I do think it's inter- like it's obviously an interesting game storyline wise, but viewership wise, I just don't think this will be a very good game. I think it will be close. I think it'll be close in the fourth, but I think it'll be kind of akin to what we saw against the Titans last week with kind of a defensive battle. Um, it'll be close in the fourth, but I just don't think it'll be very pretty football to watch. Obviously, Justin Herbert is better than Josh Dobbs, but that's just kind of my final take for that game. And we can move on. Just want to say that. I think you wonder. Yeah, that's completely fair. I feel like even though, although I, I hope our offense doesn't look like that of Josh Dobbs, um, you know, I think that even though there there might be some non-clean football played, which usually happens between two teams who don't usually make the playoffs, lots of sloppiness. Um, I just think the allure of like Herbert, Trevor Lawrence is going to make it seem like whatever product is put on that field, it's just going to make it seem better, even though it probably isn't any better than like what Josh Dobbs put up. But, Greatest hair matchup of all time. And it's not. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Segue us, bro. I just don't want to get interrupted, so I just wanted to make sure there wasn't any. You're, you're good. I assure you, I won't interrupt your Max, <laughs> right. I may not know you best, but I will not interrupt this segue. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. So now that we've covered Saturday, let's head into Sunday. I believe, you know, Dolphins, Bills, skip over that. We kind of talked about that just a bit. Um, I think the next game on the docket is Giants at Vikings, if I'm not mistaken, which I honestly think could be – you know, potentially the second best game of this weekend. If I had to, you know, rank the games that, you know, in terms of like the 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 closeness of the football game uh, that will be played. I feel like this is a team where the Giants, you know, who incidentally rested all starters week 18 and are the only NFL team with a clean injury report. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, the Giants are playing some good football. They're obviously healthy. Um, and the, healthy, the Vikings, but without any wide receivers. But keep going without any without any wide receivers. True, um, and obviously on the other side you have the best in the league. Um, but the Vikings are a team that you know I feel like is capable of dropping big games, especially since they didn't get the one p.m. Sunday slot. Uh, so we don't know what type of Kirk we're going to see. But what are your guys' thoughts on this game? Do you guys think it could be close? Do you guys think the Giants have an upset here? What, what do you guys think? I I honestly think this is probably my favorite game of the weekend which is weird because it's between two like not super interesting teams at least in my book sorry um (laughs) I'm I'm super high on the Giants honestly like I I've been a Daniel Jones believer from pretty early on when a lot of people weren't and I'm a big Saquon guy um and I think their defense is really coming along I love what Brian Dayball is doing with them I think Kayvon Thibodeau is a stud uh, whether you agree with some of his antics or not. Um, 
I think that side of the ball is super good. And I think on offense, obviously lacking receivers in a dynamic deep game. I think Daniel Jones is playing some clean football in the best of his career. So I think that side is kind of at least good enough to keep him in it. And as for the Viking side of things, they're just the most maddening, inconsistent team in the league. Like they're, they're what, they're 13 and four, right? But you never know exactly what you're going to get. Like offense, middle of the pack, defense, bad, like potentially sometimes great quarterback play potentially sometimes bad they essentially live and die with justin jefferson if he has a good game they're good if he doesn't they're screwed and i think that the giants as a team are well coached enough to take advantage of the vikings inconsistencies i'm picking the giants to win this game in a rematch of the game where greg joseph kicked a 61 yarder to win it a couple of weeks ago yeah uh, some really good thoughts. Um, I, I, I have a little bit of a monologue here because I, I have a lot of thoughts on on, on this game. Uh, the first of which, just to sort of like disagree with some of the things that Max has uh, shared. Um, Vikings, you could argue, have been the most consistent team in terms of one thing, winning one possession games. In one possession games this year, they always find some way to pull it off. I do not understand it. I kept thinking it was luck, like, you know, in the beginning, in the middle, towards the end of the season. I'm like, okay, eventually the luck is going to run out. They won't keep winning the close games, but they keep winning the close games. Maybe it's just, you know, fate on their side. Who knows? But they have been very consistent in that, and um, I want to give them credit for that. Uh, Number two. I want to draw attention to Brian Dable, and this is something I agree with from Max and Roy. Um, you know, when you look at Josh Allen this year and Josh Allen last year, no denying Josh Allen's one of like the best quarterbacks in the league, right? I don't think he's the best, uh, but you know, he's definitely in the top five, if not the top three. Um he has thrown more interceptions this year. He's turned the ball over more. And I I don't think that we can completely separate that from the departure of Brian Dable compared to the fact that last year Daniel Jones turned the ball over a lot, whether it was fumbling or throwing interceptions this year, he's keeping the ball protected. And I just really like what Brian Dable brings to this voice crack there. I really like what Brian Dable brings to this giants team. I think that he is coaching up Daniel Jones a lot. That being said, since this is not a primetime game, I think that uh, Kirk Cousins won't be totally terrible. And, you know, to Max's point of they ride or die on Jefferson, um, by the way, I think Jacoby Myers is the best uh, receiver in the league. Just kidding. Um, no, but like, you know. Best quarterback receiver in the league. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, akin to what Max said about riding or dying on Jefferson, um, you know, it's a playoff game. It is for all the marbles, and I think that Justin Jefferson balls out. Therefore, I think the Vikings win. Yeah, I think I think I have to agree with Brad here in that the Vikings win, even though I'd like to draw upon a lot of Max's points, because even though I think the Vikings are a team that's very inconsistent, yet miraculously win these one-close games, um, at the end of the day, I think uh, – whether regarding the point of whether, you know, Justin Jefferson has a good game. I feel like whenever I watch Justin Jefferson, which granted isn't probably as much as I should, I never see him have a game where he's just dropping balls. 
And that's just kind of a rare thing to see at this point from wide receivers is to have a wide receiver, which like you never really see him make major mistakes or kind of fumble in general. Um, And so I feel like most of all, it's just a matter of will Kirk be able to distribute the ball well enough throughout the offense to create those one-on-one opportunities for Justin Jefferson to just go up and get it. And I, I think that in order to be an inconsistent team, like you said, Max, first you have to be good and then bad. So first, I'm going to pick this week to be the the Vikings riding on a good wave, beating the Giants. Uh, that being said, though, I definitely like to qualify that by saying that I don't trust them going beyond the divisional round, but I guess that's something that could be spoken more about next week's pot. But for now, I'm going to have to side with the talent. I'll have to side with the Vikings. Like, I agree with you guys, what you guys are saying at the end of the day. I think on paper, the Vikings are a lot more talented team. They obviously have the better record. You're right, they've eked out these wins, but none of them have looked, you know, consistent and satisfying. And if there was one team to kind of match those kind of eking out capabilities, especially at the start of the year, it was the Giants. So I think it's kind of a battle of two fluky teams, two teams that maybe shouldn't be in the positions that that they are but as shocking as it is to say I almost trust Daniel Jones more in this situation which is really weird that to say because Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback like I agree with that but I feel like we haven't seen him in the playoff light in a while and somehow Daniel Jones is just minimizing those mistakes so that might be a hot take but I think I'm riding with the Giants so I've got Vikings you got Giants, and where you had the, um, Vikings. the Vikings. Vikings. Interesting. Uh, I think this is the first game with some real dissent here, um, or disagreement here. Well, I think. Well, last... I feel like Max has been the common dissenter. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I- I'm just picking based on vibes, bro. I just vibe with the score <laughs> end of the day. Alrighty, I I think that that's like really with this game. It's hard to make any real in-depth analysis. At the end of the day, it could it's a crapshoot. Like Vikings are just not that good of a team with a great record. Giants are not that good of a team with a not that great record. End of the day, I think it just goes either way. Um, but yeah, we'll use that that kind of last point to segue us into our last actually game. before you I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. I'm a I'm a jump and start with this last game, which is Cowboys-Buccaneers, by the way, by saying, I don't care. I dislike both of these teams. I think both of these teams are bad. Uh, I think this will be the highest-rated, like, watched game because it's Tom Brady against America's team. I just don't care. I don't want to see Tom Brady in the playoffs anymore. I don't want to see Jerry Jones's team in the playoffs anymore. Anymore? They, they always lose in the first round. Yeah, and, and it's going to happen again because by some fluky miracle logic, Tom Brady's going to craft a fourth quarter comeback with two minutes to go after the Cowboys have been leading the whole game. And yes, that is official prediction on the record. Buccaneers win on a last second BS comeback. But my main take about Not this game is I don't care. Go ahead. <laughs> really, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll you to start because I know you're a huge Tom Brady fan. Um, listen, I, I kind of have to agree with Max here in that I actually, I feel like more than the average, you know, person you'll meet tend to, you know, not mind watching Tom Brady games and, uh, not mind watching Tom Brady have game winning drives just cause, you know, 
you see everyone else get super mad about it. And also, you know, why not? You know, I feel like we don't have much more of them to see. But with that being said, just based on how the Buck season has gone and based on the mess that was the NFC South, I feel like that the Bucks have given have been given enough chance this year to show that they're not a good team. That's not going to make any waves. And, you know, I feel like this is the first time that when Tom Brady's made the playoffs, the Bucks are merely just a spoiler team to just spoil the Cowboys, albeit to me personally, fleeting chances of winning a Super Bowl this year. Um, and to speak on the Cowboys, I mean, I think that they're a really talented team, but just Dak Prescott hasn't been able to be consistent. I believe he hasn't played all the games, and yet he's tied for the lead in interceptions. I think he also leads the NFL in pick sixes. Um, and I feel like the Bucks' defense could really take advantage of that. That being said, just the Bucks' overall uninspiring offense throughout the year, I just have to pick the Cowboys kind of – for a similar yet different reason for why I'm picking the Vikings over the Giants, just purely because of talent. So, just to add on to that, pick. I think Dak is tied for the league lead in interceptions, and he didn't even play all 17 games. Like, that is just so crazy to me. Not just like he missed one, like he missed like four or five, right? Yeah. Um, so, all right. I think the Cowboys are the best team in the NFL. I mean, I think that they have – I'm just kidding. I think the Cowboys suck. Um, you know, I, it's it's hard for me to pick in this game because of, like, teams just, like, forgetting how to play football against Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. I mean, as evidenced by the Rams game last year, even though the Rams pulled it out, like, they were doing everything they possibly could – to try and give Tom Brady the game. I mean, like, it just, like, crazy, crazy things. And if you look at this season, um, you know, I don't know the exact stats, but I can't tell you how often, you know, I'll look at the scores and see that the Bucks are losing by a touchdown or more heading into the fourth quarter. I'm like, all right, this team's got it locked up. And then I don't know how he scores when he hasn't been able to score for the other 40 minutes, but he finds some way. They're not even good throws either. They're just like freaking like slants. And it's just like, they win. They just win. So like, you know, my, my, like, you know, evidence is telling me that I should pick the Buccaneers, but you know, on the other hand, we're talking about a 12 win team versus a eight win team. So, you know, I, I personally believe Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, same player. Same player. I think that Daniel Jones hasn't had great coaching, so that's why he's only starting to look pretty good this year. I think Kirk Cousins is just eh. Like, he's not bad. He's not good. He's just eh. And I think Dak Prescott had a great first season, and because of that, everyone puts him on such this pedestal, but he's eh. Like, he's like like arguably bad, given this season how much interceptions, but like I don't think he's that great. I'm that, picking the Cowboys, though. That, there's that meme where you got, like, the top, you know, six, seven, eight quarterbacks, and then after that, every single quarterback in the league is just – or the next, like, 10, 15 QBs in the league are just some denomination of Kirk Cousins, which is, I think, a super apt, like, thing because he's about as average a quarterback as you could be. I, I think he's a little above average, but, like – Average arm strength, like decently mobile, like yeah, wins Ryan Tannehill, like wins the average amount of games. 
I think if you want my actual analysis on this game, other than I don't care, I just don't think Mike McCarthy is a very good coach. I think he's getting fired after these playoffs. I I disagree with that. I, I vehemently disagree with that. We'll see. Because at the end of the day, I think they should be getting more out of this roster. And I agree. I think Dak Prescott is underperforming. And I think Tom Brady is kind of ripe to pounce on that. I think the Cowboys have all the talent in the world, probably up there with top three, four teams in this in these playoffs. And not to say they've been bad. Like at the end of the day, they are 12 and five. As Brad said, they're competing for the number one seed as, you know, last week. But when I see the Cowboys in the first round of the playoffs, it just spells disaster to me. And that's what I think. Quick, quick side note here. Look, I'm not a Mike McCarthy fan. I, I really am not. But I got to back the guy up because he has been getting all this hate. And I think that it couldn't be less deserved. Okay. First of all, it wait, it's either him or Kellen Moore getting fired. I will say that. Sorry, keep going. Okay, thank you for interrupting me another time. Um, but you know, first of all, two 12 win seasons. You know, Roey said to me earlier this season, it is hard to win games, it, it, it is hard to win games in the National Football League. He has gotten the Cowboys two 12 win seasons. So, just on that. Good coach. Thanks. Second of all, he won all but one game with uh, Cooper Rush as quarterback. Cooper Rush, right? And the only game they lost, correct me if I'm wrong, was to the Eagles. Yep. Arguably the best team in the NFC, given that they're the one seed. Like, that was a phenomenal coaching job. So if you look at the rest of these games, I don't think they're losing because of coaching. I think they're losing because Dak Prescott throws the ball to the other team. Now, do I think Mike McCarthy is the best coach? No. Do I think that he is, do I think that a different coach could also get them 12 wins and could also, you know, um, you know, take them potentially higher heights? Sure. I do think it's possible, but I, I just don't think it's fair for Mike McCarthy to get blamed all this stuff and if you're telling me it's just because somebody needs to be a scapegoat fine but i'm not gonna start going down the hole of mike mccarthy is a bad coach he's bad at time management other than that he's not terrible should get an assistant to tell him when to call timeouts (laughs) here um i hear he might need a uh like you know uh oh what's the word the uh like like what uh what uh the, the old... go-ahead guy? Go-ahead guy. The go-ahead guy. That's what I was trying to say. There you go. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm with y'all um, in that someone's going to have to get fired because they're the most valuable organization in sports, and they're going to have to act like they're doing something. And if you look at who it is they could fire, well, Mike McCarthy, um, going off of Brad points, you know, winning 12 games, keeping the game to get, uh, team together while Cooper Rush was in there, I think those are all – admirable uh, performances by him but also to me Mike McCarthy is one of those coaches that doesn't really like lead scheming up other teams he's not really like a guru he just more kind of holds the team together and then smashes watermelons during team meetings when he needs to get the team going to me my understanding of the Cowboys is that Dan Quinn schemes and runs the defense and Kellen Moore schemes and runs the offense um, so to that end, I feel like the, the Dallas Cowboys don't really have an issue when it comes to grittiness or the ability to win because clearly they do both. It's more the ability to just execute plays and questionable throws by their quarterback. And speaking of their quarterback, 
I feel like whenever you're quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, not only do you play football for 60 minutes every week, but you're this whole marketing entity and persona who's just the face. You have to be the face, whether you deserve it or not, of the most valuable organization in sports. And I feel like it's not super tough to replace that. Like, I feel like the Cowboys are losing out on millions if they're becoming one of these teams that has a new quarterback every two years. They have to build up a guy in order to get all the merchandise going up. So I feel like Jerry Jones is a very money-first money type of owner. And I feel like to compromise between those two things at play, I do agree with the second thing that Max said, and that someone's going to get fired if they leave in the wild card round. And I think Ken, Ken Moore, Kenneth Moore, that's the guy's name, right? The offensive coordinator will be the guy who gets fired, just because I think also Dan Quinn's probably going to get a head coaching job because he's been doing a phenomenal job. First of all, I think Max just likes people named Kellen because, uh, you know, Kellen Moore, Kellen Mon. You know, Kellen, not Kenneth. Um, but, you know, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> here, I didn't. He's say, not wrong, dude. I didn't say that uh, I don't think McCarthy's getting fired. I said I just don't think he's a bad coach because, like, in, in life and in sports, people need a scapegoat. People need a scapegoat, bro. I think that's a. It's a perfect wrap-up thought for that segment. Before we close out, any other final, like, random hot takes you guys want to throw out there? I Just to point out, I'm the only one that's disagreeing with these guys. On every single game that we call the toss-up, I alienated from their predictions. So I could have the chance to go 0-3 this weekend, which I'm sure... So just to be clear, Max thinking that he's in the minority is, like, a good thing, whereas, like... No, 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 I'm I'm saying this... This could go really bad if I screw up. Uh, if you guys screw up, at least you screw up together. But any final closing remarks from the two of you? Well, I think before we close off, this isn't really a closing remark, but I feel like since, you know, the playoffs start tomorrow, we should, you know, just make some Super Bowl picks and just see how it pans out over the next couple of weeks. So unless you guys have any other takes, I'm, I'm ready to dive into picks and then, and then head out. All right, bro. Start Let's us off. It. Start us off. All right, for the third for the third season now in a row, and for the second season on record in the BRZ podcast, representing the AFC is Buffalo Bills. I have the Buffalo Bills are presenting the AFC in the Super Bowl, ah. <laughs> and let's see if third time's the charm for me because it hasn't panned out. It obviously, courtesy of the Chiefs. <laughs> um, and in the NFC, I have the Niners representing. And I have the Niners winning the Super Bowl. That's right. Brock Purdy is winning the Super Bowl. Mr. Relevant, bro. Damn. Mm -hmm. Max? Listen, fair takes. You know, I don't think either of those teams would be a surprise. Um, I have on the AFC, I have the drum roll, please. (laughs) The Bengals. Damn it. I think that... Yeah, Brad uh, kind of staked his claim for them to be the top team in the league, and I agree with that. I think the vibes on that team are immaculate, and I pick based on vibes. I think that NFC is tough. I think it's a crash course Eagles-Niners in the NFC Championship, and as long as Jalen Hurts is healthy, I think I have to go go with the Eagles. Um, so I'll officially say Eagles and then potentially take that back if we find out he's not in a couple of weeks. So no, 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 no. You don't get to just take it back after watching the games. 
That's not how this no, works. No, no, no. Based on the information. If, like, if reports obviously, come out that he's banged up. Change if I watch Cincinnati. Like, all right, you know, all right. Listen, listen, listen. Officially, on the record, Jesus. Eagles will be representing the NFC. And I think this is a very tough matchup to call. But I think based on vibes, I will have the Bengals winning the Super Bowl officially. Interesting picks. Interesting picks. Um, so you know, I have two picks now. Obviously, this will change pending what I see in the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> like, after I see the Super Bowl, I might just want to like revisit my picks. Um, but uh, in all seriousness, um, you know, Rowie and Max know this. Uh, but for for, for our listeners, right? I, I stated a couple weeks ago gap theory, which uh, you know, the highlights were the Dolphins trash. Which they that are. Pick, or the, the, that take has looked real good. Real good. I said that when they were eight and three, if I may have. I also said the Bills are bad. And I stand by that. I mean, bad for me doesn't literally mean bad. Like trash in my book is like bad. And like bad in my book is like, it's like, eh, to like, it's like Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, right? <laughs> so like, I just think. Bills have been inconsistent. I really do. Um, Rowie talked about it earlier, so I won't harp on it. Um, for that reason, and in my gap theory. I'm out. Yeah, for that reason, I'm out. In my gap theory, I believe that the Bengals are the best team in the AFC. Who so they? I have them heading back to the Super Bowl facing the 49ers because I think that the Eagles have also been inconsistent. Um, if you look at their last couple games, um, they just haven't looked great. And I don't get to pick after I see Jalen Hurts. Um, I think my words are being taken out of context here, bro. Being taken pretty much exactly for what you said. I, I think this is the reason why Max is disagreeing with us on every take. Um, but maybe, yeah, maybe we need some pod therapy. Maybe we need yeah, like a therapy right, episode. Yeah, coming soon. BRZ pod therapy. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I uh, think that the uh, Bengals and Niners will be facing off in the Super Bowl. And I think the Bengals accomplished what they couldn't last year and uh, take home the Lombardi. Damn. Bang- two Bengals, one Niners. I'm the only one without the Niners in the Super Bowl. Bro, he's the only one without the Bengals in the Super Bowl. But again, Bowl. could change after I see the Super Bowl. Yeah. I guarantee <laughs> our, our picks will change after we see our Super Bowl. No, nah, not mine. I predicted it. <laughs> All righty. If you made it to this point in the episode... You truly are a legend. What? Um, Sorry, did I just get cut off mid sense? I was asking how how long is this pod, by the way? Just just so, or, or is it? Who knows? We'll see when we upload. Knows? If you made it to this point in the pod, com- comment. Rowie is really sexy in in the in our Instagram comments. That that way we'll know who the true fans are and. Stage. Wait, but aren't we going to confuse those with the fans who just think that anyways and didn't get this far? We might, we might. We might. <laughs> Bro, I guarantee you there will be no fans commenting that of their own volition. I'm sorry to say. And, and with that comment, we are definitely having pot therapy next time. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. BRZ will be back next week.